Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's a frustrating day for Reading at Deepdale. A nil-nil, but a real huge opportunity missed late on by Lucas Jow. He's been fantastic this season, but the penalty didn't even hit the target. And to talk me through this kind of mixed bag of emotions here, kind of not too downbeat, but a little bit. A little bit pissed off, aren't we, Matt and Alex? So, first of all, Matt, your thoughts on the game quickly? Yeah, just disappointed, really. Really disappointed um, because there was a chance to win the game. You know, we had a real good chance there to win. Um, and oh, we, we get given the opportunity at the end. You know, I know, I think Alex Neal has come out and tried to say, oh, I don't think it was a penalty. It was. Mr. Neal, that is a stonewall of penalties you'll ever see. Um Oh, you'd you, you bet your money on Chow scoring, wouldn't you? Um, in reality, did Preston threaten much? No. You know, the game was there to be won, and we just didn't quite have it today. It's just one of those days, just really frustrating. Alex, do you think it was a case of us not playing our best in that first half, or do you think Preston up their game a bit? No, I think it's uh, similar to the Coventry game in midweek, and all honesty, we don't. It's uh, kind of a theme that we're seeing over a few games this season. We don't really seem to turn up in the first 15, 20 minutes of games. And then it takes us a little bit of time to warm up, it seems, once the game kicks off, uh, before we're actually ready to kind of push on and get into the game. And I'm not sure it was really pressed and playing particularly well. I just don't think that we started particularly well again. And uh, it, it took us, yeah, I think we had that kind of 10, 15 minute spell where we did put pressure on the first half. But uh, yeah, did Preston ever look like they were going to score? I don't really think so. Um, couple of chances for them, but nothing major right, from from memory in that first half. No, there was one save from Raphael. I'm not quite sure if it would have counted or not, or whether it was offside or off, I'll give them there. But I don't know. We Why are we making such slow starts, Alex, in these games? We're seeing it on a repeated basis. We've seen it in quite a lot of midweek matches at the Medeski as well. <laughs> I guess a lot of it, it probably comes down to um, the, the fact that Panovic seems to want to, to keep games very tight and very like compact. Uh, and I think uh, it probably plays on the players' minds a little bit that we are asking them to go out and, and keep a game tight and keep a game at nil-nil and not go in, like, not, not end up one nil down. Um, because if we get to, you know, 70, 80 minutes, it seems to be with this team that, they realise that they will get a chance later on. Uh, and so long as they're in the game still at that point, then great, we, we've got a chance to pick up all three points. And maybe that plays on their mind during the during the first 15 or 20 minutes. Um, just don't go out and concede early because we're going to just put ourselves in such a hole to, to try and actually pick up three points that they don't, you know, they don't feel free to play play football in the first first 20 minutes of games. You can't argue with how it's working out, though. We sit fifth in the league. Um, what's that now? We've conceded two goals in our last five games, Alex, you were saying? Yeah, two in our last five. And, and you know, three clean sheets as well. Mm. So, really can't complain too much. And we're unbeaten in all, all those five games if we exclude the cup game. And if you look at how well T-Max playing since he's come into the team in the place of Liam Moore due to his injury, I don't think we're actually missing Liam at the moment, are we, Matt? No, no, and I think it's been one of the good things about how um, McIntyre's pretty much progressed over the last um, five um, five games and, you know, over the Christmas period, really, since Moore has been out. Because I think earlier in the seasons, 
there's been question marks about him, some of the mistakes he's made. I've been quite critical of him um, and didn't quite know where he fitted in with the team going forwards. But I mean, the way he's kicked on has been very, very good, you know, and um, there, there was a stat that came out obviously in the middle of the week about his, about his um, heading ability. And I think about his one-on-one ability as well. He's one of the top in the league as well, which you're, you really are seeing, you know, he had one slightly dodgy back pass today. But, you know, Raphael was on his toes and was able to clear it up anyway. Apart from that, he's had another pretty faultless game. You know, so where I've gone from not being sure about him and where he fits going forwards, it's almost um, he's becoming more and more convincing and it is not that much of a worry. And you're really thinking, right, where can he push on to now? And should he get a new contract probably in the summer? Absolutely. You know, another, another, another two, three years. He's looking like a he could develop into what we originally thought he could um, at this point last year, really. Yeah, well, I'm talking about contracts and situation. Uh, looking at the starting lineup, we saw Michael Elise wasn't starting, but he was on the bench. Now, this became a little bit of an interesting situation as the game progressed, Alex, that he sat there on the bench. He's pedalling away on his bike. We can see it via Sky, but he's not coming on. And instead, Samedo comes on. We'll come on to the more of the game detail in a bit, but... Do we think Elise was actually fit or was it some kind of mental thing going on here with the managers? I think he probably was fit today. He probably could have come on and played, but I think if we if we have a point, if we have three points, Paunovic isn't going to risk him. Uh, he doesn't want him to go on at 80% fitness, perhaps, uh, risk picking up an injury which is going to rule him out for three or four weeks and see him miss six or seven games when if we can just kind of rest him today uh, and, and not not play him at all and just have him there as a, as a very kind of emergency option, uh, it feels kind of a little bit like that's what Panovic has done. So I think he probably was fit enough to come on. I, obviously, I don't I don't know Michael at least, so I can't couldn't say for certain. But um, if he wasn't fit enough to come on, then really, like your thoughts, why why bother having him on the bench at all? Um, uh, there isn't any other players in the squad who've missed out because Elise is on the bench. So it's not a case of, you know, don't put Elise on the bench because we've got, you know, 18 other players who could have come in and taken that bench spot. But it's just a bit of a weird situation, I think, um, when we're nil-nil, you know, 20 minutes to go. And and everybody, I think everybody watching would have said the game is there for taking for Reading today. And Elise might have had that answer to unlock unlock the game. Yeah, we'll look at the first half in a bit more detail now. Preston had a lot of opportunities to cross the ball into the box there, Matt, but lacked any real quality. There was a moment which I mentioned earlier, Raphael makes a good save, but not really threatening much. But I've got to say, pretty much the same from us. There wasn't really a huge amount of quality apart from a couple of swift free kicks. Yeah, yeah, you know, on the on on the whole, well, I mean, Preston's crossing was diabolical, really. I mean, they really helped out the defence, really, with what they didn't need to do, really, um, and the defence. Because I mean, if they put some some good crosses in, they asked questions of you know T Mac in the middle and that, but they didn't. You know, they're pretty much all abysmal. Um, but I mean, we on the other hand, you know, it, it, it took about twenty minutes before we even really got into the game. Swift started again to drop deeper. And once he dropped deeper, um, we, we we gained the more control of the game, you know. And we 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 did we finished the half relatively well, apart from the last couple of minutes, you know. From from about twenty minutes onwards, we looked very content, you know. We we we, we were controlling the ball, um, 
we, we had some good chances. Obviously, main ones coming from the free kicks and that. Um, but I mean, we, we, it always seems to be when Swift drops deep that this seems to happen. Um, and I know Panovic has talked about because it started off and Swift was playing quite high up the field. Um, I know Panovic has talked about getting Swift more goals, more into the game in the more forward sense. But we seem to need to have him deeper to control the game or to at least stabilise the game, which I don't know if it will be something more going forwards. I know we've seen him deeper in years gone past, um, but it, that seems to be, almost be the trigger of the game calming down and or for us, anyone getting more control. I think it's an interesting uh, facet to this team at the minute that Swift is dropping deep because before Swift came back into the team, really we were very content with seeing 4-2-3-1 and the three always was a central man playing very, you know, relatively close to Zhao uh, in that kind of number 10 role. Since Swift's come back, he is definitely dropping deeper, as Matt said, and I don't, uh, it's a, this is probably a question we'll put out there. Are we better with Swift dropping deep or do we look better with a man stood near behind Zhao in the centre? Mm. Well, that is the ultimate question. I think the problem is, is that we're missing Yaku Mate so much. And I think he is that man who links it up with Joe, doesn't he? On the right-hand side, he will come in quickly and think the sooner he can return, the better. I mean, Sonia Luku in the first half wasn't great and he had that free kick opportunity, which frustrated the hell out of everyone, I'm sure, who was watching it when Josh Swift had been taking him so well. But I've got to say, in the second half, Aluko seemed to be improving. And I was slightly surprised when, of all the players to replace him with, was Smedo. Now, Matt, well, what was your thoughts on this substitution? Oh. <laughs> um, I just don't understand it at all, really. Um, because, like like say, he, I mean, he didn't have the greatest first half. He wasn't bad, but he just wasn't pulling up any trees in the first half. But second half, he really came alive. And even he, he, he forced some good saves from the goalkeeper, was making some good runs, winning some very good fouls. Um, and, and to take him off for Samedo, we all know Samedo is not an attacking midfielder. You know, you might as well have just brought Bulldog on for, for, for Luka. He probably would have done more going forwards than Samedo ever will, you know, and that's saying something. Um, but it just, you see him coming on and you just think, oh, fair enough, what Alex says about Elisa on the bench probably is right. You know, do you want to risk him at nil-nil? Probably not. You still want to win the game. But if you still want to win the game, why bring on Tomato? You know, you might as well just bring on Bulldog. Bring on Bulldog there. Continue the attacking intent. He might not be able to hit a barn door with a banjo, but at least he can do something more going forwards than Tomato can do. Because whenever it goes into the final third, he just looks like a bloody lost lamb, you know, half the time. And Bambi on ice. You know, it's just... Oh, it's, you just see him coming on and you just think, that's nil-nil then, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that is uh, true. I mean... Samadhi runs around a lot at the moment, but I don't think he's found his position at Reading. He looks okay, but that's about it in most games, isn't he? He had one really good game, which I think we lost 3-0. I think Sky gave him man of the match. Was it against Stoke at home? I think it might have been. That was a bit of a mad one. But I think we're kind of... Frustration was building within the team. We had a good opportunity for Ovi Ajaria with a good shot. I thought he played okay today. He's slowly getting back to a little bit of form, but he's still not kicking into the form that he was maybe last season. But I do think that we're looking at opportunities going into the last 10 minutes and we get the penalty. Now, 
Alex Neil can moan and groan as much as he wants about this penalty, Alex, but it is one, isn't it? Uh, it is one, yes. Um, alongside the fact that Alex Neil seems to have forgotten the fact that Preston gave away or should have given away a penalty in the first half for a blatant handball. Um, but yeah, Lucas Schaus being rugby tackled to the floor. I'm not really sure what Alex Neil was watching to, to think that this isn't a penalty. Uh, I'm not, again, don't know why the ref's taking so long to give it. Jeff Eltringham, probably not a very good referee, but the, you know, but the experiences that we've had of him um, in the middle of the Reading games, not that impressed. So, yeah, definitely a penalty. Um, and clearly with only, what, 10 minutes left or so, it was a massive opportunity to go win the game at that point. And <laughs> you're always going to want to give it to your, your star striker. Um, unfortunately, Lucas Schau has missed a couple of penalties now this season, and there was a comment which we had on on uh, Park Rules after the game on, on Twitter around the fact that we're actually missing push gas for penalties, and we are. Like, we miss someone who is able just to score every penalty because they're really good at penalties. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate that, that Schau's basically just screwed it wide. Um, especially because the keeper's gone the wrong way. Yeah, that's the most frustrating thing, isn't it? He's actually sent him completely the wrong way. So he's got all that goal. It's easy to do with hindsight, obviously. It's not so simple when you stood there taking it. But did you feel confident, Matt, when he was walking up to that? Because in my head, I had the last penalty miss, and they've hit them both to the same side. One of them hit the target, and this one's gone even further away from the goal. I mean... I love Lucas Jow. I'm sure we all do, Ralph. But on penalties, he's beginning to worry me slightly. Um, I mean, I wasn't worried with him walking up. I mean, I thought, you know, I, I generally thought it was going to be 1-0. You know, you do when you get a penalty. You know, there's very few people. I think when they walk up to a penalty, you actually think, oh, I'm not sure about this. You know, and especially when it's Lucas Jow, you know, he scored 8-8. Eight eight. You know, you can't really... I, I don't think anyone would have had any, any qualms with him stepping up, but yeah. looking back on it with hindsight, he had a very frustrating game. You know, you could see the frustration setting in even before the penalty. Um, and it's almost like he's tried to push it too much. You know, he's tried to, he's tried too hard to get it in the corner when all he just needed to do is hit the target. You know, that's all he needed to do there. Done all the good work. Like I say, put the keeper the wrong way and he misses it. You know, what, what he probably should have done is just whacked it straight down the middle. Again, it's easy to say in hindsight, but no, keepers never stand still for penalties. So, you know, you've had a frustrating game, just bang it down the middle, do a Jamie Vardy. Like, but yeah, it's, I've, I've no qualms with him taking it. No. I thought he was going to score. Oh, it was just one of those games. It was just one of those games and one of those days for him, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It brought me down, I have to say, <laughs> definitely. But we still have the clean sheet and we have kind of scrappy towards the end of the match, wasn't it, Alex? There was no real opportunities after that for either team. There was nothing, no, nothing concrete, certainly. Um, I mean, Preston had a couple more balls which were floated into the box, which were nowhere near anybody. Um, we didn't really create anything of any note after that and... Yeah, the game kind of just petered out for the last 10 minutes after the penalty miss. I think that after the penalty miss, both teams kind of accepted the fact that it was going to be nil-nil. Neither team really looked like they wanted to try and push on uh, just in case they ended up losing the game. So, yeah, the, the last 10 minutes were pretty none of them for all honesty. 
Yeah, it's just not ideal, is it? You would like to see a little bit push. There was an opportunity right in the last seconds for Oviajara if he would have got past that last man, but defended well by Preston. So kind of wrapping it up there, Matt, on the match alone, are you disappointed with the point or are you kind of slightly content with, with the fact that we didn't play well? Um, I'm still disappointed um, a little bit as well um, with with actually what was given with the penalty decision as well because um, the Preston player could have even been sent off, to be fair. When you think about it, the, the, the double jeopardy rule, which I think is the only reason that saved him, is only there for when you make a play on the ball. He doesn't make a play on the ball and it's a clear goal-scoring opportunity for Zhao, which should really mean a red card. And if he gets given a red card there, the final 10 minutes can be so much different. Because uh, it's, 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 it's just things like that, though, as well, because like, I just not not much did go for us in the game. And that's probably where half the frustration comes from. But mm. it, if that's given, it's a completely different last 10 minutes of the game. If we get the first penalty as well, it's a completely different game. Um, I, I'm still frustrated. I still well, I'm still baffled by the Aluko change as well. Um had that have been a different change, who knows? Something could have happened. It might not have happened. But I mean, from eighty minutes onwards, I was just dejected after that, after that decision. So, yeah, no, some uh, interesting comments in from Panovic after the match on Elise injury. He says it's not dislocated, but it was very sensitive. He tried in two training sessions. He did improve in the next couple of days, but it's still very raw. My plan was, if the game looked good for him, to give him thirty minutes. So obviously. He decided today that that was not the right time to bring him on. So it sounds like Elise is okay-ish, but not quite right, Alex. I think it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you have him on there basically in the case of a either an emergency situation where you've got to have a player come on, um, and he's the only option, or b if the game is wrapped up and you know we've comfortably won it two or three nil and you can bring him on to, to basically get 20 minutes or half an hour just to kind of keep his legs moving as it were um so hopefully he's back for friday because friday's going to be a massive game against bournemouth yes that totally will be i'm just seeing some stuff from panovic here building up some kind of positivity to put on his nigel adkins head here slightly which is true in what he says here he says, we're unbeaten since Brentford, building our momentum. There's been a lot of positives you can see in the second half. We conceded zero opportunities. The same time a few months ago, they scored three. We weren't mature then. And there's some truth in that, Matt, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it goes goes back to how how the defence is evolving um, right now. Sorry, particularly Tom McIntyre. Yeah. Considering the game he had against Preston, that was a big performance for him today, I think, mentally. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think two clean sheets on the bounce now as well, you know, against two um, relatively dangerous sides, you know, Coventry, they're low down the table, but they, they showed that, you know, they can score goals. Um, Preston are a dangerous side, you know, they're 10th for a reason um, at the end of the day. Yes, they're not great at home, but they're still they're still 10th, you know, mm. at the end of the day. Um, it's it's two, two good clean sheets, and especially going into a game against Bournemouth, you know, who are good goal scorers. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good thing to take out of the game. I think it's good for Panovic to point it out as well, to give give his players a pat on the back at the end of the day, because I still do deserve it, I think. Yeah, and it's also looking like possible that we might have a couple of new players by that point as well. So Panovic is saying there are two targets that we're working towards. It's too early to tell, but this week will be decisive. 
if we're going to be successful. I do think that we're trying everything to get these players in, but it's obviously not easy. We all know with COVID, finances, FFP, all these things. But in those positions, where do you think, Alex, do you really hope that we could pinpoint and get someone in? Where do you think we're weak? Um, for me, it would be an out-and-out, like, chalk-on-the-boot winger. Um, either side, don't really care which side, but an out-and-out, like, winger. Uh, in the mold of a, in the mold of a Mobaro style player, would be would be nice. Um, I don't want Mobaro back, but uh, <laughs> somebody somebody in that kind of mold would be nice. Basically, a bit of pace into the team on out wide, um, who is prepared to bomb down the line. Yeah, um, I don't know who's available. I think Reese Nelson has been linked this week from Ooh. Arsenal. Um, and I think that uh, the guy at Brighton, Yang, Yang, I don't know how you say his name, Yang, 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 I think he's been um, told that he's able to leave on loan as well. I don't know if he dropped a championship, but um, pretty decent player. So we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next few days. But yeah, for me, it would be a, a kind of a definitely a pacey pacey winger we can use on a counter-attack yeah well hopefully we can get those players in but let's look at the next three matches that we've got we've got Bournemouth on Friday then we've got Stoke and then we've got Brentford obviously Brentford depends on their FA Cup match today but those are going to be three key huge matches looking forward to the rest of the season aren't they Matt we need to get some points there for our, not just the table but for our confidence if we beat Bournemouth we're going to be flying out Megan yeah, no, absolutely. I think Bournemouth is is a massive game. You know, we're at home. You know, we we essentially threw away the game at, at the Vitality as well earlier in the season. So, you know, because we, we were 2-0 up in that game, weren't we, just after yeah. half-time, yeah. And literally just threw that away within 10 minutes. It was Fulham-esque, you know. So to, to win that game will be massive. And especially because I think we're only a couple of points above them now and same mm. same game so it's like if if we lose that they leapfrog us as well um they've not been in great form of late as well bournemouth so it's probably a relatively good time to play them but yeah we i would i What's be happy with points total from that then matt from the next, next three matches i'd want uh i'd oh from the next three matches um mm. I'd, I'd probably want seven. I'd probably want seven because, you know, I, I want to beat Bournemouth. Really want to beat Bournemouth. I'd want to beat Stoke. To be fair, if we beat Brentford or beat Bournemouth to make up that, I'd be happy and get a point at the other. Absolutely. Um, I think seven I'll, points would be an amazing return, Matt. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be an amazing return. But I think if we do... Yeah, but, yeah, but, but I, I do think if we... If we want to be challenging, I think seven Ooh. points has... Well, six or seven points has to be the objective i think if we if we want to be if we want to consolidate ourselves as really good challengers six or seven points has to be got i think from those what do you think alex um, points. Think what, we get and what, we, what we get and what we want are two different things yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah um, to be honest i'm not all that fussed we get in the next three games i'm really just focused on if we beat bournemouth i think we're going to get into the playoffs mm. Um, I don't 
like the other two games will be way less important if we beat Bournemouth. Because if you beat Bournemouth and you put yourself a, a five-point gap between you and them, and a, potentially a seven-point gap between us and seventh place, I think there's enough games left after Brentford and Stoke that those two games are so much less important. Um, if I was to put a points tally on all three of those games, though, I, I think I'll go with four. Uh, I think we'll lose to Bournemouth or Brentford um, yeah. and draw against the other and then beat Stoke. I, I, I Stoke are in dreadful form at the minute um, and I don't, don't really rate them particularly either. So I think we'll beat Stoke yeah. and then get draw against Bournemouth or Brentford. Yeah, I think probably four or five points is probably the maximum we're going to get from those two, three games, sorry. I mean, I hope we get nine, obviously. I'm sure we all do. But... If we stay unbeaten in those three games, we eight unbeaten, which, you know, mm. you're not going to go eight unbeaten and miss the playoffs. Very many, not very many teams are going to go eight unbeaten and then miss the playoffs. Um, so if you do stay unbeaten, then I, I don't see any reason that we should be finishing outside the top six. Yeah, I think we're going to be. I think we're, I, I'm convinced we're going to get into the playoffs. I, I, it's really like a heartbreaking one, that isn't it? Because we know we're going to get there, but we're so damaged by them as well. So thanks a lot for listening this week. We will be back with hopefully another What If podcast this week. Uh, I'm not sure on the topic yet. And we'll also be doing a preview pod for the Bournemouth match, which will be available hopefully from uh, Thursday. So cheers for listening and. Uh, just get that Lucas Jail penalty out of your brain because I know it's still in mine, but I'm going to let it go. Cheers. <laughs>